in, inquisitiveness, curiousness, um, genuinely uh, wanting to understand where someone comes from and why they think what they think, why they feel what they feel, communicates uh, deep care and understanding and sure. love for your spouse. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, what to do when your dreams make your spouse nervous. Man, that was perfect. Thank you. Right on the money. Um, um, de dum dum, can you pay attention to me now? No. Did you say dum dum, can you pay attention to me? I said um de dum dum, can you pay attention to me? I did say dum dum. <laughs> okay, I feel a little bad about that. Oh, you should. I'm not a dum dum. No, you're not. Let's get into the topic at hand. Can Okey we do dope. that? Yeah. Uh, this is actually from uh, another person who listens to our podcast all the time. Thank you very much. Uh, and the question she has is, how do you handle a scenario in which one spouse feels they really need to make a change, but the other spouse is feeling really nervous about the risk? For example, one spouse is considering a job change, but the other spouse perceives it as too much of a risk and is nervous about how how it will affect them. Spouse B feels really nervous about it, even though they want to be supportive. So they're not they're right. not just abjectly saying no. They want to be supportive. But it's other, scary. Yep. In other words, how do you navigate a scenario in which both spouses want to consider the feelings of the other, but neither can get past their own desires, fears, hangups. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. We don't ever bump up against that. Never. <laughs> this is, again, one of those theoretical things that, you know, we never really deal with and we'll just read it out of the textbooks. <laughs> or it's something we deal with every stinking day. Any thoughts real fast or do you want me to jump in? No, you jump in. I'll get to jump in. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a much more common scenario than probably people are aware of. It is pretty normal when one person, one spouse has a genuinely strong desire to do something and it just freaks the heck out of the other person. And in in this couple, they're respectful enough. They don't want to just go ahead and do it. They're not like demanding their own way. Right. They want to be considerate of the other person's feelings. And yet that fear of risk, that insecurity, that's the right. word I'm looking for. That insecurity is just wigging them out. I don't know if it's a he or she. I don't know which, which spouse which one is, is. is the uncomfortable right. one. I'm actually glad I don't know so that we can't actually stereotype this because the reality is this isn't a male or female kind of dynamic. It is more connected with your story. It's connected right. to if things have gone sideways in the past, your survival brains now kicked in going, don't take another risk. Don't try. Right. Don't you dare put yourself into a situation where you are potentially going to get hurt again. And that can be really, really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And then you layer on the other person who really wants something, but this other person's fear is in the way. They now feel like this other person's in the way. Their story's in the way. Their stuff's in the way. They can't live the life that they want to live. And they can become resentful. They can get really frustrated with uh, with having to kind of slow down or wait. So there's kind of two principles here that I always teach my clients and it's what you and I have had to apply in our own marriage. Mm -hmm. Number one is there has to be a commitment that even if it's something that I really want or you really want and the other person is really, really uncomfortable, 
we still do not move ahead until we are both on the same right. page. Exactly. If if we try to move ahead and one person is still really, really uncomfortable, really, really scared, then it's going to make whatever that new adventure is, that new that new experience is going to taint it in some right, way exactly. because they're going in kicking and screaming internally, emotionally, right. psychologically. That resistance, that fear will actually ruin the experience and it won't be nearly as fun for either one of you. Right, exactly. The other principle is, unfortunately, the slowest person sets the pace. And when you decide to get married and travel with someone through life, you have to go at the at the pace of the slowest person. We've used the example before on the podcast, but if you're going for a hike and Shannon, you can do you can do 10 miles a day, but I can only do three miles a day. If we want to walk together, is it going to be possible for me to speed up and do 10 miles? No, not at all. Is it possible for you to slow down and only do three miles? Absolutely. That becomes frustrating for a lot of people because they're going, I can do more. I want to do more. Why can't I do more? And now I have to wait for you. But whether it's because of history, because of whatever, the person, the slowest person always sets the pace. And you have to be prepared for that going through marriage together. Right my wheels are processing because you you talked about you know you put it in the context of taking a walk or Mm -hmm. going hiking or whatever which made me think about because in in that situation that's true for us as far as I could I could maybe I can't hike 10 miles but I can go 10 you can go three Mm -hmm. miles an hour or whatever you said and so we walk together and I walk your pace all the time because I enjoy walking with you but I also get up earlier so that I can go my pace and get my thing in. So how would that, how would you translate that into? Yeah. What would you do if I'm going, I don't want you to go walking by yourself because you're leaving me alone and I'm now, I don't want to be alone. Right. How do you feel about that? Yeah. That, that would be really difficult. Yeah. So how do you, how do you navigate that where, where you can get to a point where you're meeting each other's needs while still also being able to meet your own needs, because that's what I've had to do. Because there's applying those first two principles, the slowest person sets the pace and you never, you never make a decision unless you're both on the same page. You never take action. Right. What this couple can do is they have to, you have to make the decision secondary whatever the topic is, a job or a house or kids or whatever, whatever, whatever. It right. doesn't matter what the topic is. You have to take a step back and go, wait a second, let's make sure that we get on the same page. And what what is so uncomfortable for you? I actually genuinely want to understand why this is uncomfortable. I want to listen to understand. I want to, I want to know the history. Now, and again, hopefully the person is able to explain why they're so uncomfortable. If they can't, then they have to actually probably get an outside perspective. Right. Someone else who has either some level of expertise or or knowledge of the situation that can provide more of a neutral, unbiased, uh, informative um, contribution to the to the conversation. Right. So that the person who's scared can start to gain a different perspective. The person who wants to kind of move ahead. Um, can understand where that person is coming from and they can make that decision together. So you don't want me to go walking in the morning by myself because I'm going to get hit by a car. Right. But if I just said, well, that's a dumb 
reason. I'm not going to get hit by a car. That's not listening or understanding. Because yeah. the truth of the matter really is, I probably am not going to get hit by a car. Right. So I would say, well, I understand that fear. Here's what I, here's where I will be walking. I'm not going to be walking anywhere where there's cars. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Because you have to be, the person who wants to do it has to have an opportunity to share why they want to do it. Most of the times when people are having these conversations, they're not actually trying to listen to understand. They're trying to listen to win. They're trying right. to listen to influence. So it is, I give you the objection. I'm afraid you're going to hit by a car. The minute you say, no, I'm not. I'm going to, that's dumb. I'll, I'll be just right. fine. You're actually trying to, you're trying to get your point across right. to me rather than going, I didn't know you were afraid that I was going to get get hit by a car every time I go for a walk. How long have you been feeling that? Why do you think you're afraid of that? Where did that come from? I mean, have, have I ever been hit by a car before? Did a friend get hit by a car? Have you been close to being hit by a car? Did you hear about something on the news getting hit by a car? I want to understand why you have that fear right. instead of the quick, that's dumb. Right, right. Really? You're out of your mind. I'm going for a walk. Right. Most people have that conversation. In inquisitiveness, curiousness, um, genuinely uh, wanting to understand where someone comes from and why they think what they think, why they feel what they feel, communicates uh, deep care and understanding and sure. love for your spouse. And again, whatever the situation this couple is facing, the person who is ready to make the step, they are in the position, they have the greatest power in in that dynamic because they can either slow down and right. go the pace of the person who's a little bit scared they can ask and be inquisitive and help that other person understand again not with the purpose of trying to talk them into it right that's what i was after but with the purpose of understanding so that when the other person starts to hear their own story hear their own fears hear their own rationale they can start to go wow i understand that this might not be very accurate Right. They come to that conclusion on their own. And they and they can make that shift um, yes. into supporting the other person, exactly. even with those uncomfortable feelings still sitting in there because yes. they start to understand. And they balance out between survival brain, I'm right. scared out of my mind, and logic rational exactly. brain, which says this does actually seem doable. Right. Boy, I know what that feeling is like. It's that, a hard shift to make. Sometimes. It is. But but when it happens, it's like, OK, really, this isn't as bad as as my body and my brain are telling me it is exactly again whatever the topic is that this couple is looking at if there's also a way to take a baby step instead of doing a major shift if there's a way to to possibly take a smaller bite to see how did it turn out we usually overcome our fears our insecurity that that risk aversion through experience right and so if you can actually Take a small bite and find out, wow, okay, this actually turned out okay. Experientially, your brain's going, huh, the next step, the next bigger piece, it might turn out okay. Right. Not because I'm having to talk myself into it, because I've actually experienced it. Yeah, exactly. So if there's a way to take a smaller bite, sometimes there isn't. Sometimes you just have to take the leap. And at that point, again, I, I always encourage couples, encourage anyone before they take a major leap. Um Life is about risk, but it's about calculated risk. You don't want to be foolish in your riskiness. So I've worked with a person and they wanted to quit their job. And when we looked at it, they had six months of income stored in savings. They could have gone six months with not ever working again. 
and still would have been okay. They could have paid all their bills. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have lost their roof over their head. They could have put food on the table and they had a six month cushion. That's a good time to say, I think I'm going to try to shift jobs and actually go into business for myself. That's a wise, reasonable decision to make. It's not foolish. If you're going, I got two weeks of savings in the bank and now I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to, you know, make money by telling people how much I love them or, you know, (laughs) that might be more foolish of a risk. Right. Just because you don't have the cushion you need. So if you can also even put into a strategy of, okay, we're going to mitigate that risk by doing these things first before we make whatever decision they're facing. Right. Now it makes that decision a little easier. But this podcast is about relationship and about marriage and about communication, about supporting each other. And it's about the emotional way you go through making that decision without becoming enemies, without trying to end up in a debate with each other, how you still make that decision together, even when one person is a little bit more. Right uncomfortable and without trying to be the winner exactly you both want to and this is a thing that's going to come up a dozen different times throughout a throughout a marriage big decisions that have to be made again money issues kid issues parenting issues retirement issues uh, moving issues job issues these are big issues that it's not just like, you know, do we want to paint the walls a different color? It it, it really does affect safety and security sure. and, and you have to go into them wisely and knowing how to make the big decisions like this. So you're both on the same page means you can advance in life and not make an enemy of your spouse. Right. And that's a winner. It is. If this couple is listening, I hope that this has been helpful. If it hasn't, email us back in and just say a little more details and give us a few more details or Paul and Shannon. That was lame. (laughs) It didn't help (laughs) at all. The whole purpose of us doing this podcast is so that we can help real couples work through real issues. And so we get two or three uh, emails a week now of people asking specific questions and we love answering those questions. And if you have a specific uh, issue in your marriage that you're going, Hey, I'd love to have the perspective of a trained counselor. That's me or a couple that's been married for 27 years that actually like each other more today than the day we got married. Yeah. If that would be beneficial to you, then actually email us. Okay. You can email Shannon, Shannon at securemarriage.com or email me, Paul at securemarriage.com. And we will be glad to answer any of these questions that you might have. Yep. Other than that, thank you so much for spending it looks like 19 minutes and seven seconds with us so far on the podcast. <laughs> Don't forget, you have to edit out that part out where some. Isaac so came down and asked us for something. We're going to shoot for 15 <laughs> minutes. Other than that, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.